Morning again. I mentioned earlier that through the Lord's table we're able to have communion or koinonia with, uh, or fellowship with Christ in a special way, in a way that he instituted himself. And, uh, and now I want to ask the question, how is it that we who were once dead in sin, we who were once enemies of God, how is it that we can now sit at the table and have communion with him? And uh, I would suggest that it's a question of identity. Uh, a verse I'd like to draw your attention to this morning is 2 Corinthians 5.17. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. And that's our identity, a new creation in Christ. In, the, in, this, in this verse, the word therefore looks back to verses 14 through 16, where Paul tells us that believers have died with Christ and no longer live for themselves. Our sin nature was buried with Jesus. And just as he was raised up with the Father, so we are raised up to walk in newness of life. That's from Romans 6.4, walking in newness of life. Now that new person that was raised up, that walks in newness of life, is what Paul refers to in 2 Corinthians 5.17 as the new creation. So Paul is telling us that in Christ we are a new creation. That in Christ we are able to sit at his table. Now when Paul is talking about a new creation, he means that literally. He means something was created out of nothing. Now, I'm not talking about us guys when we walk into the refrigerator and we open the refrigerator door and we look in there and we say, Han, there's literally nothing to eat. And your wife says, don't worry about it, I'll grab a snack, just grab a snack, I'll find something. And you say, well, how can you find something when there's literally nothing to eat? And then somehow, amazingly, she makes this wonderful meal and you're wondering how she did that. But that's not the kind of nothing that I'm talking about. The out of nothing that I'm talking about is the same out of nothing in which God created the universe. We're not just covered over or cleaned out. We are as new as the world was on the first day of creation. This, this newness manifests itself in our spiritual condition, our relationships, and in our hearts. God takes a dead person, a spiritually dead person, and makes him or her alive, alive in Christ. And Jesus refers to this new creation as being born again. Uh, when Jesus said to Nicodemus in John 3, he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. There's no natural explanation for this. Uh, which is why we call it supernatural, right? And that's how God can cause us to be new creations, supernaturally in Christ. The old has gone and the new has come. Before, there was separation. Now there's reconciliation. Before, we were dead in our sins. Now we are alive in Christ. We are literally 
new creations. When God came to earth as Jesus the Messiah and lived a perfect life and died a sacrificial death, He did it so that we may live, that we, we may be made new. Christ's death was the perfect sacrifice that a perfect God demanded, and it was all done on our behalf. As uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For our sake, for our sake he made him to be, no, to be sin who knew no sin, that's Jesus, so that in him, Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. Now there's an exchange there. Did you hear the exchange that happened? Christ paid the penalty that we could not pay, and his righteousness was imputed or transferred to us so that when we come to Christ as broken sinners, he exchanges our sin nature for his righteousness. And, and as Paul says, he did it for our sake. In becoming sin for our sake, Jesus took our sin upon himself and as our substitute bore the wrath of God or the punishment that we deserved in our place. That's, that's the gospel. But it's not just about saving us from punishment. Just as God imputed our guilt and sin to Christ, so also God imputes his, the righteousness of Christ, a righteousness that's not our own, uh, to all who believe in Christ. So Christ takes our punishment and gives his righteousness to those who believe. And, and some refer to this as the great exchange. And it's all through Christ and it's all on our behalf. John Piper writes, he says, we can hardly stress too much that Christ is God's answer to our greatest problem. And it's all owing to Christ. He says, you can't love Christ too much. You can't think about Him too much. You can't thank Him too much or depend upon Him too much. All our forgiveness, all our justification, all our righteousness is in Christ. Again, therefore, as Paul says, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Amen? Amen. So, so what are the implications for us as new creations. Well, let, let's listen to what God's Word says about the implications. If we belong to Christ, if we are united to Him and no longer, uh, we're no longer slaves to sin. Romans 6, uh, verse 5 says, Since we have been united with Him in His death, we will also be raised to life as He was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. So that's one of the implications. Another is that we are made alive with Him. Ephesians 2.5 That even though we were dead because of our sins, He gave us life when He raised us Christ from the dead. And it's only by God's grace that you have been saved. So we're no longer slaves to sin and we are made alive with Him. We are also conformed to His image. 
Romans 8.29, For God knew His people in advance, and He chose them, He chose believers, to become like His Son, so that His Son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. So we're conformed to His image day by day. Another implication is we are free from condemnation and walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Romans 8.1, Therefore there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. If you come here this morning feeling condemned for some way, maybe you're condemning yourself, maybe you're guilty, maybe someone else is, is condemning you for some past sin, hand it over to Jesus because there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Another implication is we are part of the body of Christ with other believers uh, as we are here today. So it is with Christ's body, Romans 12.5 says, we are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. And then again, the believer now possesses a new heart. Ezekiel 11.19 I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I will remove from their heart a a heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. So another implication is that we possess a new heart in Jesus. And still more, the believer has been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 1.3.9 If you're feeling down for any reason, we can look to this verse. We have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. We, not, we might not be blessed with every material blessing, but we're blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And of course, one of those spiritual blessings is communion with Christ and communion with one another. So in short, we're able to commune with Christ because when you first believed, when you first trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you were given a new identity. In Matthew 16, 15, Jesus asked his disciples, he said, who do you say that I am? And Peter, representing the other disciples, he confessed, he said, you are the Christ. He said, you are the Messiah, the anointed one, the son of the living God. And Peter recognized Jesus' identity and confessed Jesus as his Lord and Savior. When we recognize Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we can then ask Jesus, who do you say that I am? And you know what he says? He says in John 15, 15, he says, I have called you friends. When we struggle to believe in our God-given identity, when we're, when we're tempted to listen to what the, the devil says in his lies about our identity, now we remember that the devil's first words in tempting Jesus was, if you are the Son of God. He was questioning Jesus' identity. When we're having an identity crisis, we can be encouraged that we are in Christ. We are a new creation. And we are Jesus' friend who sits at his table and invited by him to commune with him. And can we all give that an amen? Amen. amen. Praise God.